0: This program is intended for mature audiences only. Welcome to the Female Orgasm Podcast, created by the Welcomed Consensus, where we explore the potential of female orgasm, more pleasure, and a better sex life for both men and women. Listen, learn, and be inspired by the innovative research and revealing insights into friendship through female orgasm. Fun, more pleasure, and menopause? Can these experiences go together? In this episode and in the next one, we present Talk Radio show host Rebecca Beneto and her guest, a researcher from the Welcome Consensus. These two women have a lively conversation exploring this paradoxical theme.
1: Good evening everyone and welcome to the Ask Me Anything Love and Sex show. Today is January 30th, 2013. And although it's frosty outside, it's going to be nice and warm on the call tonight because I am thrilled to have as my guest a woman that I have just discovered by the name of Yvonne Ray. And I'll tell you a little bit about Yvonne. I found her as a referral through Twitter to her blog, uh, menopause-flashes.com is Yvonne's website, Menopause Flashes Turning Up the Heat. And Yvonne's background is that she's a sensual researcher with the Welcomed Consensus, and she's been intensively focused on deliberate orgasm and pleasurable living for the last 18 years, and more recently, when she celebrated 50 she began her menopause blog, which highlights her experiences and research into this topic. And I think that she has a lot of really positive viewpoints about menopause and just about life in general and about living a pleasurable life, which you all know is my goal in life is to get everyone on track with finding what pleases them and living their life that way. So everybody, please help me welcome Yvonne. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm glad to be here. So, I guess the first thing I want to know—we always like to start at the beginning—is how did you get into being a central researcher? What set you on that path in your life? Oh, that's a good question.
0: Well, um, I was in my early 30s, and I was having a very successful career in Silicon Valley. I'm a, actually a tech geek, you could say. Mm-hmm. My background is computer science. Uh, I have a degree um, from the University of Texas, and I was in Silicon Valley in the early nineties you know when the internet was just getting big and um but i although I was gratified and uh, with my career and all of that, I was really looking for a way to express myself and and for more to life i mean I had um Wonderful uh, relationships and a uh, good sex life, but i was just I just knew that there was more that I could um, be experiencing as a woman, and so you know my ears and and my senses were perked up to hear you know anything that came along my way that might be uh, something like that that I could add to my life so um yeah so I was introduced to the welcome consensus when i was when I was about thirty one and I started taking some sensuality courses and um a good friend was the the one who introduced me and I just immediately I just thought that the things that they were saying made sense and uh I tried on um some of the things that they had to say, and I loved it from the very beginning mm. so that's when I became a central researcher.
1: Okay. And what did that entail for you in the beginning? What types of sensual research did you do?
0: Well, in the very beginning I I took my first sensuality course, as I said, with the welcome consensus and it was called Common Sensuality. It's a class that it was lecture discussion and some of the things that we talked about were how you know, how to uh, look at sensuality and look at sexuality from a uh, different, w- a different way than what was out there in the men's magazines or the women's magazines or the newspapers. And it's a it's a class that anybody can take. And the Welcome Consensus so we we still have that class, and um, it's also uh, the same information is available in a teleclass uh, format as well, so people don't have to travel to take it. And um, Yeah, it's great. New technology. We just we just love it. Yes. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'll
1: tell you that I first heard of the Welcomed Consensus in nineteen ninety six when I was at healing school and a friend of mine had heard about you about the teachings and they were coming to Boston. I guess a team from the Welcomed Consensus came to Boston and she took the common sensuality class and she came back and she told me everything that she'd done and
0: Oh, and right. I thought, "Wow, <laughs> I was in Boston. I was assisting that course, so oh my wow, tell so wow. me you
1: know my friend Marilyn." I do. There you go. People who have been listening to me for a while know that I've been a student of Lafayette Morehouse, and I think that the information that you all have is very similar. They're very parallel tracks. A lot of things, there are a lot of things in common, and one of the things that I love about all of you is that you are very tech-savvy. They have a wonderful website, folks, at welcomed.com, correct? No, so go ahead, spell it.
0: W-E-L-C-O-M-E-D.com, welcomed.com. And there's a lot of resources on there and DVDs and all
1: kinds of things, a lot of articles that people, I think, would enjoy reading. That's right. Yep. There you go. And, you know, there, there's a saying that you can't copyright the truth. Like, I think everyone, I, I love knowing that there are different people presenting similar information with some differences, because you go to the teacher that calls to you. You go to the place that you're drawn and the place that you feel comfortable, and this way more people can be exposed to good information, I think.
0: I absolutely agree. Absolutely.
1: But this is my first time getting to have a formal conversation with someone from the Welcomed Consensus because I haven't actually studied, so I'm really fascinated.
0: What would you say is the core of, of the philosophy Well, uh, right off the bat, I would say deliberate orgasm uh, because Mm -hmm. deliberate orgasm encompasses its technique, uh, particular technique for having and producing female orgasm and orgasm in, um, in a partner's body, and it is also a model of sensuality. It's a model of orgasm, and it's a whole lot of viewpoints on living sensually, living pleasurably and having winning relationships, because there's so many people out there that you know they just don't know how to please their partner or win with their partner, and deliberate orgasm and the information included gives you those straightforward winning viewpoints. Mhm, well, one thing that I've found is that when
1: I am welcomed, the whole world looks better. I'm I'm a much nicer person to be around, and I enjoy the people around me a lot more. I have more to give when I'm filled
0: up. Yes, yeah. You find find that that too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things. It's a basic, all the things that it takes to have a deliberate orgasm, um, for me to have it in my body with a partner, or I can have uh, one by masturbation, all of the things that it takes for me to, lay down and actually pleasure, be pleasured. All of the things that it takes are the same things that it takes to live pleasurably and be a pleasant person and have um, winning relationships and have fun conversations and, you know, fun in my whole life. I mean, all of the same things right. apply. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not isolated to the bedroom and it's not isolated to... Uh, the sex act, although the sex is so fun, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not isolated to that. And that's the great thing about deliberate orgasm. It's just It spreads out into your whole entire life, which is really how this research that I, my personal research that I'm doing with um, menopause actually came about.
1: I love that. I love the idea that it's not just limited to the bedroom. How you said it. it filters out through your whole life. So, what was the connection? Like, how did you go from the sensual research? How did menopause incorporate into that?
0: Well, by living with um, these viewpoints from deliberate orgasm, by living a pleasurable and sensual, uh, in a sensual way. And being used to uh, having orgasm every day, I have what are called due dates, deliberate orgasm um, with a partner. I have that every day. So I have this really fun uh, practice that I have in my life every day. So I notice my body. I notice the cycles throughout the month. I've been doing this for 18 years and, and, and very seriously looking to see what does deliberate orgasm do? What are the effects in my body, in my mind, and in my life? And that's something that, um, along with my tribe, along with the Welcome Consensus, all of us, we talk about um, on a daily basis. And so for 18 years, this has been an integral part of my life. So as I began to notice the signs of uh, menopause in my body, which I didn't actually recognize at first as being menopause, but as I started noticing these changes that that I thought were kind of weird, um, you know, I was able to notice them pretty quickly because I was used to paying attention to my body. I was used to paying mm. attention to monthly cycles. I was used to noticing the changes in my sexuality and my response and my um, desires. All of those things.
1: Mhm. Wow, thank you. You said so much, and there are things that I want to come back to. The first thing I want to say is that you've been living in community. The welcomed Consensus is a communal household. But you can have a community without walls as well, right? If you create, cultivate like-minded people around you, you can have
0: this kind of environment wherever you are, would you say? Oh, absolutely, definitely. In fact, um the research that we do or the um you know the conversations that we have they include people you know immediately here in in a in a household but they also include people who live it's an extended community of people who are interested in the same things you know there's people in Throughout, like San Francisco and different places, you know, different people. Like, like I said before, I was in Boston. There's a group of people out there who are interested in this information, and everybody who who wants to be part of this extended community. There's different levels of, you know, communication and interest and you know, exchange of ideas and exchange of um, experiences. It's all part of the community. Great. Do you find that being in community is
1: Helpful to growing in this way.
0: One of the things it's absolutely helpful because, for example, when I was at first noticing the signs of menopause, I didn't actually know they were signs of menopause. I just thought my first thought was something weird is happening to me, and so <laughs> at first I didn't say anything. I didn't. I didn't want. I. I had some. I, I had, of course, an inkling. That it must be menopause or something like that, because i I was afraid to talk about it um mm. but but once I did, when I talked about it with my friends, and my friends are are like minded they have um as the foundation of their own life you know pleasurable living and these these viewpoints from deliberate orgasm then uh, I was talking to a group of people who wanted me to succeed, who wanted me to um, have the things that I wanted, uh, have a pleasurable life, have um, success and and win out of the experiences with menopause. And so um, that helps a lot. I mean, you know, that helps a lot to be able to um, talk and have the things that I want, to have a like-minded group of people around I mean, whether right. they be in the same room with me, or whether they, it be a somebody I talk to on the phone, or and and that's what I mean by you know an extended community. People can create that for themselves anywhere they are.
1: Right, right on.
0: Now, I want to peel back
1: a little bit because you you use the term deliberate orgasm, and I'm not. I, I would like to distinguish for people who may not under like what's different. About a deliberate orgasm versus how most people do it: start, go quickly, get to the end, finished, fall asleep.
0: <laughs>
1: or maybe you make it last a little bit longer, a little bit more romance. I I, I know, but I think that some of our listeners may not. What you, What you mean by
0: making orgasm deliberate? Well, deliberate orgasm starts um, really with the Person deciding, for example, I'll use myself as an example. So it starts when I decide that I want to have the experience. Very, very, very briefly, it's two people putting their attention on one person's body. So if I'm the one that's going to be having the orgasm, it would be my partner putting their attention on my clitoris and putting their finger, their index finger, on the most sensitive on my clitoris and stroking that spot. And the only goal is pleasure. There's no other goal. It's only Mm -hmm. for pleasure. And having that um, stroking for as long as I want. It could be five minutes. It could be 15 minutes. It could be three minutes. It doesn't have a formula to it. Um, And orgasm can be very intense it can be soft it can be meandering it can be uh sharp up and down peaks it can be a lot of things and in fact every due date every single time it's unique
1: mm mm-hmm. just breathing in that description very relaxing, I know that when i in my research in this plane what i've my definition of what orgasm looks like has changed and expanded a lot from what i used to how I used to define it. Do you find that well it sounds
0: like it from your description absolutely because the um, the traditional approach to orgasm is. You know, people talk about foreplay, and then you got to get warmed up, and then you got to get um, to a certain, you know, crescendo and climax, and then you go over the edge, and that's climax. That one or few seconds of bliss, pleasure, and contractions, and perhaps release. Those. That's what's defined as the orgasm. It's very very narrow. That's how I defined orgasm before mm-hmm. I first the common sensuality course. Um, you know, way back there in in 1995, and it, it my definition of orgasm and what's expanded from that point forward, from when I decided to become a sensual researcher and um, and and really look and explore my sensuality. It, every year my orgasm gets better. Every every mm-hmm. month there's something new that I, I experience. Every date, due date, every orgasm I have, it's it's just so, it's endless. It, the potential for female orgasm and, and using this model of orgasm in somebody's life is, it's unlimited. And I can, why I can say that with such confidence, it's not, it's not an, um, you know, an intellectual thing. I I, I feel it in my body. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know sometimes people think, oh, Yvonne, you're from California and you're San Francisco, you're kind of the, you know, in this, it's not the same for uh, people across the United States. It's, you know, you're in this unique, special situation. But you know what, I'm a really down-to-earth, practical Person. I mean, I have a computer science degree. I'm not really into uh, the those kind of um, I don't know what to call them exactly, you know. But I, I'm a really practical person, and mm-hmm. <laughs> although I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about orgasm and it's this expanded definition of orgasm, I I'm talking about something that I feel that I experience. It's a reality. It's not just a um, a play on words. So to speak, right? So. I hear you,
1: sister. And I'm a I'm a jaded New Yorker, and I can say that it's absolutely true. And you know, much to my surprise, I think that I have a greater capacity for sensual pleasure than I did when I was much when I was younger. And supposedly in my my prime, my 20s and 30s, I think it got really hot after
0: I turned 40. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. it, it can keep getting better and better. And so, you know, why I say this about me being such a, like, kind of a practical person is because I just, you know, I know that there's women and men out there that think, oh, well, yeah, they can kind of brush it off because I'm like this San Francisco, you know, sexual person or something, you know, but it's not true. (laughs) Something, I don't know, but that part doesn't really matter so much except to say that I'm really every woman I every day. I go through the same types of um you know resistance that women have to having pleasure, the kind of like Oh my gosh, you know can't you know those those kinds of everyday decisions, those everyday choices that every woman goes through, and every man mm. goes through in order to have a good relationship in order to have a good sex life in order to have something that you can sustain over years and years and years um You know, this information, this information about deliberate orgasm, it's something that can get better for a lifetime. It really can. Mm -hmm. Your friendship with your partner can get better for a lifetime. Your orgasm can get better for a lifetime. And that's one of the things that's so fun about making this transition into menopause is confronting that I thought... I, I even living this way for eighteen years. I really thought that I was going to be losing something. I mean, I'm losing my sex hormones, right? I'm going to be losing mm-hmm. that. One. And I, you know, I didn't even realize I had those kind of beliefs until they hit me in the face. hmm Right, right. Well, and what else?
1: Like, what were some of the things going in that you suddenly found yourself forced to
0: examine all over or anew? that I, I was really uninformed about menopause. Um, I really thought some of the things like I'm sure commonly women think that you do lose your sex hormones, you lose your desire, that um, you know, you're 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 aging and therefore, you know, you're gonna be less valuable, less sexual, um less. You're just gonna be mm-hmm. less. You're gonna be less because of it. And then all the the terrible stories that you hear about how hard it is for women to go through menopause. I mean, I could not put pleasure and menopause in the same sentence except Mm -hmm. to say that menopause is not pleasurable. (laughs) (laughs) I really had a big dash of uh, beliefs there, you know, that just kind of... Erupted into my life when I, I realized, "Hey, Yvonne, you're going into menopause here." Mm-hmm. When, when I was browsing for
1: images to use in the the scroll that runs while we're on the sh- on the radio. You know, every other cartoon had a woman with a knife in her hand. <laughs> or uh, there was just a lot of negative imagery about the experience of menopause. And I was sort of hard-pressed until I found that one, which I kind of like. I don't have hot flashes. I I have short vacations in the tropics.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that was a way of giving a little positive frame. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, too, because there the pictures that I've seen too, oftentimes they show a woman with grey hair. And yeah, mm. I have I have some grey hair and but I'm 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 fifty, I turned fifty. I started going into menopause a few years ago though, so it started a little while back. And, you know, I I imagined I know this is totally unbelievable, but I, I imagined that my hair would just all of a sudden be turning grey really fast. You know, mm-hmm. it's just those kind of things, those images that you pick up from society all your life. You know, your whole mm-hmm. life, you're picking this information up. You're not, don't, you're not really necessarily. I wasn't aware of it until you know I I turned 50 or I you know I started confronting that I was entering menopause, and so. You know, I had I had to do something. I had to do something deliberate in order to change the way that I was approaching going into this next phase of my life. And I'm really grateful for the information that I did have um that I could make that change pretty quickly, you know, ha- turn it around to have fun and look for mm. ways to have fun and and look for ways I could take advantage of what I was what I am feeling in my body. Um, with these hormonal swings and these mood swings. There are things that I notice that I experience that I can have more fun with now because I know it's happening, because I have these viewpoints from deliberate orgasm to lead me there.
1: Well, I, am, I know I want to know, and I'm sure our listeners do too, how, what did you start to do? How have you found to make being in menopause more fun?
0: Well, the first thing I did as I started talking um, about what I was experiencing, but one of the pivotal moments, I would have to say, is when I I stated and I actually uh, made some goals. You know, we put on uh, retreats here, and the common sensuality course is, is one of the things that we include in our retreats. and. It was during one of those courses where I was assisting. I was in the back of the room, getting ready to film the instructors giving the lecture, and the other participants of the course were giving their goals. And menopause—I was having that big clash of beliefs that I was just telling you about. You know that I couldn't uh, reconcile putting fun and menopause in the same reality. And so there I was in the back of the room, and and. Um, RJ, one of the instructors, you know, it was my turn to, to give my goals, and he says, Yvonne, and, you know, in that pause, you know, as I was trying to figure out how to get all these questions about menopause that were so relevant in my life in the moment, and I was so confused, I thought, "I, I, I it's my turn to give goals. <laughs> you know, i got to mm-hmm. give goals. <laughs> and so, you know, I just looked... Um, at all of these questions, and since I was so conflicted about putting fun and menopause in the same sentence, I thought, well, that's really the, the kernel of what I want. It's, it's my desire. I, I want to have menopause be pleasurable. I want it to be pleasurable for me. I want it to be fun for me and the people that are around me. And so when I looked at it as a sensual goal, um, that changed everything. And mm-hmm. that is my goal. That is my goal. You know, I, I formulated in in that moment during that particular retreat. But that's my goal right now: is to have fun and to feel the changes that I I'm going through. Feel the changes in my body and experience them pleasurably. Mm-hmm. So those things, those two goals, are the things that guide my choices on a day-to-day, moment-by-moment basis now. Hmm. Can you say more about that? Maybe give a, a a demonstration or example? Well, let's see. Yes, I can. Absolutely. Um, well, one of the examples I I like to give is okay, hot flashes and and mood swings are two things that I know women um a lot of women experience when they're going into the transition and there are two things that I have experienced uh, a lot of in the last mm. couple of um years you know i'm 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 not one of those women that um is is a you know they they call them symptoms of menopause you know i'm not symptom free Although I don't call them symptoms, I call them signs. <laughs> but I'm not, you know, I'm not one of those women that just have easily, you know, like, oh, okay, I'm going through menopause, no big deal. So I do have, I, I have experienced these strong and intense hot flashes and these strong and intense mood swings. And one of the things that, because of my goals of of pleasure and of having fun. I took the information that I knew from deliberate orgasm and from noticing the changes in my body through my monthly cycle, my uh, monthly menstruation and the highs and lows that you experience with that, and Mm -hmm. I applied it to these swings that I was having. And it's really fun because I thought your hormones just decline and they go down and then that's it. They just have a mm-hmm. rapid decline, and that's it. But that's not really what I experience. What I experience has been more of um, uh, it's. It's like sometimes my hormones are rushing up, and I feel this high from them. And sometimes they're rushing down. Sometimes it's fast. Sometimes it's slow. There's really no rule or formula to go by. And I really thought there was going to be some rule. And now this is the really fun part because deliberate orgasm, actually the act of doing, getting done, and having a deliberate orgasm, I can take advantage every day of those changes, of those swings. If I'm at, if my hormones feel like they're in an upswing, boy, I can lay down, have a deliberate orgasm, and build, and I can build on that hormonal rush and have mm-hmm. an even better orgasm. I'm building on this foundation that's within my body and having it be even more fun. And then on the other side when I'm feeling that down swing of hormones or um you know I'm in a quieter place where I feel um even I might feel kind of depressed, you know, I have mm-hmm. felt depressed. I can take that And I can also use deliberate orgasm to enjoy it. I can relax. I don't have to be worried about being depressed. What I can do is I can pay attention to my body. I can Mm -hmm. approve of what I'm feeling. And I can know that if I want to feel pleasure, I can lay down and I can stroke my clit myself. I can have a partner stroke it. I know how to relax. I know how to feel my body in a pleasurable way. And I don't get stuck in this box of I'm depressed or mm-hmm. you know some call it something. It doesn't have to be uh labeled like that. And I do experience it pleasurably.
1: Right. Right. That's great. Like I what I what I'm getting is that And and I agree with this, that you don't have to be the victim of your emotions and let that put a cap on what's available to you sensually, that you can show up for sensual pleasure even if you're depressed. If you're high, it's going to be one kind of experience. If you're quiet, it's going to be a different kind of experience. But you can still have the experience.
0: Right, and exactly. And with people, you know, the people around me, you know, because that was another part of my goal was to have it, be fun for the people I live with, for the people I interact with and I relate with. When I tell the truth about what I'm feeling, and I just say it straight out, you know, and I say, oh, this is how I'm feeling today, I can enjoy the communication and the intimacy that comes with that. And I find that it's, as always, it's every day in life, it's not just in menopause, every day, Your moods are changing. Every day, how you experience your life changes moment by moment. And so in that communication with my friends, when I'm telling them and letting them know what's happening, that creates movement, and it also moves the energy through my body. It moves the energy through my life, and it opens up possibilities for more pleasure and more enjoyment. And that happens in conversations every day. Right. Mm hmm. You've been listening to the Female Orgasm Podcast. Visit www.welcomed.com to find full transcripts, articles, videos, courses, and more focused on the topic of friendship through female orgasm.